0: G'day, everybody. Welcome to the Fight Fit podcast. We've got Maddie Pilios on the podcast today. Uh, Maddie is a real estate agent, one of the best going around in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, Marsha White real estate agents. Yep. And also does ringside commentary, a lot of work with the UFC, combat sports around Australia. So
1: how are you Maddie? Great to be here mate at Fight Fit and a little bit cold here, but everyone's (laughs) warming up out there. That's good. Just adjust the microphone to wherever you want, mate, it's perfect. Thank you so much, mate. Great to see you, Jake. And I saw you fight as well. Very impressive last year.
0: You did, you announced the Jake the Rattlesnake.
1: Mate, you probably had one of the biggest, I reckon you had one of the biggest crowd followings I've seen it, uh, mate. So you should be proud. Sold I managed a few to tickets. Wrangled
0: wrangle together forty forty rowdy blokes.
1: I was going to say, do you get commission for your tickets that no, you sell? No. See Basher and Paul. If they did that, don't tell Paul I'm saying this. <laughs> I'm giving away the business model here, man. I might get in trouble. Ah, <laughs> uh, great to be here.
0: Yeah, no, it was good, and um, it was a good night when you were uh, when you were doing the fights that night. You, do you do every fight fit challenge?
1: Yeah, I've done the last three, so. Uh, it's been good. I've known the boys for a while. well, I've known of Paul for a long time. Uh, a little bit scared of the great man because he's one of aren't the Are we all? Aren't we all? Yeah, one of the tough yeah. tough. Being 40 and and obviously a generation older. Uh, Paul Firefield was one of the, you know, the tough men of Victoria. Mm. Yeah. And well respected.
0: Absolutely. How did when did you first meet the great man?
1: I I think I met Paul when I was started ring announcing about 6, 7 years ago. Mm. And he was training some boys. Um and he was just in the corner, you know. He'd say hello, give that stare, but I'd hear him swear in the corner of his fighters. Yeah. And I thought, this guy's tough. And knowing a lot of mutual people in Melbourne, uh, you know, heard about him quickly. And you know, great guy. Mm.
0: Yeah. How did you get involved with, um, with, yeah, like the combat sports world,
1: mate? Because as a kid, I loved it. Grew up in Essendon, and uh, my dad, you know, loved footy. But my dad I don't I love fighting, it took me to, sort of loved, liked the wrestling as a kid Then went to the kickboxing a lot. And I think Tarek Solak was probably the promoter that uh, started bringing out big names. Sam Greco um, was someone. So I started loving the fighting and, and I think i was speaking to you before we, we jumped on the podcast. So I played in the Essendon Footy League where you used to yeah. play, same club as well, Maradong Park. Yeah, small world. Yeah, I can't believe I was wrapped, mate. Now I'm even yeah. more excited and yeah. Marby boy. <laughs> yeah. And I hosted an, EDF, an Essendon District footy show. And I, But I love the fighting and I just remember a couple of promoters and, and like to say a and Joe Nader and you know Sammy Labruna with Brian Armager, they gave me an opportunity to to ring announce uh, a long time and, mate, I've probably been doing it now for seven, eight years. And then I joined the commentary team, Tarek Solek thought one time, he goes, mate, you're the second best ring announcer, not the first. He had someone else, so he said, I want you to commentate. And I had the opportunity to commentate with guys like Sam Greco and Stan, the man, Longanita's two of the best. That would have been unreal. Mate, it was awesome. You know what I used to say? I, do, like, I used to get 150, 250 bucks, but I would, do, I would have done it for free. You know, I was I, I was in the late 20s, early 30s, and these guys are legends. If anyone, that, it's like you commentating with it, you hang out with a UFC fighter for free. Well, mate, I'd, that,
0: I'd, I'd do it for free as well. Yeah, like, believe me, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: you know, if you love the sport, you know, I only really, didn't really have. I had a lot of footy fights, and I did a lot of sparring, boxing when I was young, but I didn't have any fights, which I probably wish if I go back in time, I probably would have got beaten up, but. I wish I did because I probably just um, wasn't as focused, but I did a lot of sparring from sort of 20 to 25, but not enough to get in the fighting. So I love, love the sport.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So it was always something you kind of like wanted to get involved in Then when you got the opportunity. Yeah. You just took it with both hands.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I trained a lot of gyms what, cause I was playing so much footy at Maribyrnong you sort of, I only had that four or five months to m- maybe have a boxing fight or a kickboxing fight. I remember it was one time I was training in St. Albans with a trainer, Louis Carrick, and I sort of got ready for a fight. And then something happened with the promo night. Then footy started back in late November and just sort of you know, went to boxing more for fitness and didn't do as much sparring. So again, I don't think I was interested, but just loved kickboxing and boxing. Now I've got a huge love for mixed martial arts, mm. but still the highest respect, of course, for boxing and kickboxing.
0: Yeah you've been following mixed martial arts obviously very closely then? Yeah. It's a, I, it's a fascinating world, the MMA world at the moment. It is, you but know sure. what, and
1: it's obviously a growing one. So mate, at the end of 2006, I was at my, you wouldn't believe it, Maribon Park footy trip and a mate of mine, David dangerous. Weston. Yeah, it was dangerous <laughs> actually. <laughs> I don't think I'd had many hours' sleep, and I apologise if I've offended anyone now. Yeah, it was 2006. <laughs> so, uh, mate, I'm looking now, I was 28, 27 years old, and a good mate of mine, David Weston, he played some AFL for, for Footscray and Carlton, and he was a VFL captain for Coburg. We'd got him to, to Maribyrnong after I think he had a stint with Greenville, and he, he was into jiu-jitsu. And he, he bought these DVDs of UFC, and I sat down with him, and obviously not in a great way. We were just watched the couch for eight hours, and I just fell in love with it. So I always loved kickboxing and boxing when I was younger, but I'm a huge mixed martial arts fan now. I love all combat sports, but I must admit if mixed martial arts and the UFC, are great, uh, yeah. great that that fans are a great fan of,
0: and I'm jealous that you've told me you've been doing a bit of work with the UFC in, in Vegas and no, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I've, I've been a massive UFC fan for as long as I can remember really. And, um, Big, big fan of kickboxing when John Wayne Parr used to fight. My oh, what a legend! Would always have it on TV. Yeah, me and my brothers would be watching. How good is he? Love watching Chuck Liddell and Tito yep. Ortiz's fights. Oh, good fights! my best memories as a youngster. Yeah. What have you, what have you been doing over in um in our, in uh, Vegas?
1: Yep. So uh, what I did in Vegas was because uh, I did a lot of commentating for the AFC, and Adam uh, got me in, and I'm about to uh, go on. to I actually, Hex. I actually
0: was watching you just to cut you off for a second. I was watching you do. Uh, was it Stylebender versus? melvin Gillard? yes i think oh, you watched you did that fight yeah you? israel
1: yeah. and i say to everyone i can't believe that gr- the guy was fighting in in melbourne flemington two years ago two and a half years ago and it will now be fighting for the ufc middleweight title so uh, i was yeah it was a, it was i think I interviewed him after the fight or commentated that fight but he was awesome
0: mm. um, he has, yeah, he, did, he, did you really feel like he had a star factor back then
1: yeah i did you know what he was the way he destroyed kelvin uh that night was uh, oh sorry um, melvin, Ma- melvin yeah. uh that night he beat kelvin but um yeah recently melvin that night <laughs> he beat was, all the
0: kelvins and melvins so. yeah
1: <laughs> it was so he just beat him so easy i thought this guy's stand-ups really good hey, um i thought at the time he was skinny but now he's got the conditioning staff mm, to actually str- make him strong you can see his core's got a lot stronger yeah jakey he's so, definitely put on a little bit so yeah um with the ufc mate i was just lucky so huge USC fan what happened was when ronda rousey came out i was commentating with the afc mixed martial arts when ronda rousey came out to, and they launched it at eddie they said this is going to be our biggest event and they were going to, They put a fan village and i was lucky enough to be uh on stage for the two days interviewing fighters kane velasquez um i think dana white came there bruce buffer wow. and it was it was great i paid for the two days i've got a cage side uh ticket as well and I was there with uh, with Anthony Coutafidi's front row, I'll never forget it. And uh, that's when Holly Home knocked out Ronda Rousey in front of 56,000 people. So the next year, former AFL player Corey McKernan, I don't know if you remember Corey. No, I don't. A gun from North Melbourne. His brother Sean McKernan's at uh, North Essendon. Okay. Uh, he does events, so he does tours. And he said, Matt, I want to do a UFC tour, I want you to do it for us. So I was able to host that because I knew everything about the sport. So I went to Vegas, he had about eight, eight guys. And we, uh, we took him to the UFC fight nights. We took him to the Wayne's, And then the next year, um, Corey sold his business and I've started hosting the UFC Vegas tour. So the last wow. three years in a row, we've been to Vegas fight week in July. And i will get you to maybe come along with us this year or we'll work something out. Mate. And we watched the <laughs> UFC I and I do a fight night. I do a guest celebrity guest dinner. So two years ago, we had Tony Ferguson come in a quiet steak room, you know, on the table, Tony sat with us for three hours and ate and drank. Didn't drink much alcohol, which is good. You're so disciplined. Yeah, tra- I think he had he a trained little
0: six seven hours a day.
1: Yeah, I think he had like a sip of wine just to be social. And then last year we had uh, Luke Rockhold and Shane Warren. The year before, actually, we actually had um, Sean Sullivan, who was Tyson Pedro's trainer, and Bam Bam Suavasa, and we had Ty there, who was with Mark Hunt. So yeah, mate, it's a well, great, it's a great to yeah, work with the UFC. Yeah, I
0: Vasa and um, Mark Hunt and that all were all following you on on the gram. Yeah, I'm Pedro as well. Tony yeah. Ferguson was following you too. Oh no, I'm trying to get that. When I saw that Tony Ferguson was following you, I was like, Oh no! How the hell did you wrangle that? Tony Ferguson, bloody wasn't oh. like anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's,
1: you know what? Uh, I'm trying to build. I'm being a, I'm a bit older, so I'm trying to build the Instagram profile up. With, so, at Matt Pilly, awesome. Not nothing like you and your mate Jordan, but <laughs> mate, I've got no, I've got no followers. No one wants to follow me, <laughs> yeah. mate. The way you fought, mate. But uh, <laughs> it will grow. But yeah, mate, it's um, it's it's yeah, you know, it's a privilege to have. It's high profile is one thing, but a good person's the other thing. And let me tell you, Tony Ferguson is the best lightweight I've ever seen, and this guy works as hard as ever. He's I think an he's absolute. Be- he's a beast. And I think he's been unlucky with uh, the opportunity, lack of opportunity early days, and then his injuries. Mm. But I think he's the guy who, if Kibibble was was ever gonna lose. That's what I think. I think El is the man. I think
0: he's the man who's gonna
1: beat him. And probably like, I was a big Conor McGregor fan, Mm. and I never wanted Conor to fight Tony, because I just thought Stoles, yeah, Stoll's make matches. You know what, McGregor could knock him out, but Ferguson's a hard guy to beat. I just think that Ferguson's a different beast he
0: is he's, he's he's a guy who trains six or seven hours a day yeah his the cardio is completely unrelenting correct last time he lost a ufc fight there was no women in the ufc yeah and cool. if you look at a of a little montage of all the fighters that he's fought over the last eight fights all of their faces have been rearranged yeah so yeah the pettis one People sleep on him a little bit man but he's he's just correct a,
1: it's because he's I suppose because he's not as he's in that there's not rate. that one style. Sometimes with a there's a stand up fighter or there's Khabib the wrestler. Mm-hmm. McGregor's the knockout artist. You've got different guys, you know, Jiu Jitsu. But because he's so well rounded, people have never respected him like mm-hmm. they should. I think the, I think the real UFC world have, but he's the real deal. Yeah.
0: You look at him and like just the way he moves, the way he gets out of things, evades things, the way he throws punches, yeah. his cardio yep. just is unrelenting. I love watching yeah, him, Kikui, man. Yeah, he's good. What, what he, was he like as a bloke when you were...
1: Mate, he was know? really humble. He was uh, it was really good. I've got some great video, video footage I could show you. The guy was just talking about the UFC. You know, A lot of everyone was asking about McGregor because it was the same weight class. Uh, just, nuggets as he calls him. Yeah, <laughs> and he just sort of said he respected him as an athlete. He said as a person, I'm 50-50. He said only because of the trash talking. He said there's sort of a limit you should do. Uh, he was very i paid so i hired him for an hour he did it at rates, and he stayed for two and a half hours three hours so that just sh- sort of a shows the character yeah he was you know down with aussies you know um he was he's just humble about being a fighter told us about his training just said he's he lives and breathes it you mm. know he's just um i wouldn't say he's just so passionate and obsessed yeah absolutely you have to be sometimes to be the best you know well
0: to- you look at those guys at the top there and it's just like they they're just the elite of the elite athletes bloody earth and that. a guy even when you look at pro boxing as well a guy like andy ruiz you sleep on him he knocks out anthony joshua oh. even though he's got the dad oh. but these guys are just elite you can't you can't you can't sleep on any of them really
1: you know how many how many guys who are a bit overweight boxers with heavy hands have made a comeback now since that so yeah
0: <laughs> yeah the dad bods made a comeback
1: <laughs> and you know what boxing's back um you know i think uh i think boxing hit a bit of a hurdle at one stage, but I, I can just see combat sports is back better than ever. And it's well governed now. Are you enjoying being a, being a part of that movement? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Look, mixed martial arts and boxing are my two favorites. Yeah, i always loved kickboxing as a kid, but I think mixed martial arts is kickboxing with jujitsu and, and wrestling. So I think in a respectful way, and especially to guys like Sam Greco, Joe Nader, Stan the Man is I don't say this easily, anyone who was a great kickboxer but i think kickboxing is a little bit on the way up because of mixed martial arts Mm.
0: it's one of those things that hasn't really caught on as much kickboxing um with with the current rise of mixed martial arts yeah the only thing that i do think about that is that a lot of people don't like the wrestling and the jujitsu aspect of yep. UFC. Like I yep. think it's a boring fight, yeah. quote unquote. When someone goes to the ground, so for I'm sure. Like, well, why don't you guys watch kickboxing or why don't you watch Muay Thai? Yep. I guess maybe because the elite of the elite talent is in the UFC. Hundred percent. It's the most exciting. Yep. And the you're, most widely covered sport.
1: You're right. I think the best athletes and the most talent now ninety five percent of them are in the UFC or if it's in Australia, Hex or AFC. So you know there's bellator victor some other big promotions so i think the money now in kickboxing isn't as big hence why the better stars don't go there um and the other thing is too i think people once they're into mixed martial arts after the first year or two they get okay with the wrestling it's you know kabib is or floyd mayweather you know, he holds a guy down for four minutes he sort of bashes him a little bit mm. there's no big knockouts i think the ufc and mixed martial arts have bend the rules a little bit. To make it more of a stand-up fire because at the end of the day it's the fans yeah uh yeah. ratings and money. i think
0: and dana white is like no sort of he's,
1: he, pushes he hates those boring fights, yeah and he's not
0: shy about saying it either like he, he wants the excitement he's he's. have
1: you met dana White? Uh, i've met him uh, at the he had uh, stadium i shook his hand unfortunately i wasn't able to interview him because the deal was bruce buff was the only one to interview him. Oh. but i can say one thing about dana white he's to me the greatest ever promoter and i reckon anyone does disagree that, that guy now has to be the greatest ever promoter the fights i think don king when i was a kid was was known and but dana white is the man
0: i, I it's it's very hard to
1: argue with that he, he's, he, just...
0: he's 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 outspoken he says what he wants to say but he's also never lets that get in the way of business which i like
1: talks a talks but walks a walk yeah you know, he, like... he
0: always gives but the thing about ufc is that it's not like boxing whether there's the politics where people can avoid fighting the best The yep. they're going to fight the best
1: yeah and then the thing with the ufc too jakey is i don't think boxing was in america especially and sometimes it was always that is it was it rigged was it fixed occasionally i don't think we've ever had that with the ufc it's such a great brand and now it's been you know bought out um even's gone to a bit of a more corporate level mm. but you know he's done an unbelievable job yeah if so you look
0: at where where it started from, oh, it's crazy. Like if, if yeah, with
1: um, and working with the countries to get it in, you know, Like now there's a UFC show three out of four weeks. That's just if people actually get look back and out of look at the calendar this year, I reckon there'll be thirty thirty five cards this year. That's huge. Yeah, seventy percent of Sundays, mate. I, just I know, sit home, I know. Sit at
0: home and watch watch the it's UFC crazy. on a Sunday. It's, it's,
1: it's just the best. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: So how long have you been into uh, real estate for,
1: mate? I've been. Uh, I was. My dad was a real estate agent when I was a kid, so I've been, in, when your dad's an agent, back when I'm I'm 40 years old, so I'm you talking when a you're a kid. Thanks, mate. Not a day over 30. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back then, no mobiles, at home or at the office, he was a real estate agent. So, sort of as a kid, I always knew about real estate, but played footy, local footy. And then I got a, a job with realestate.com about um, 10 years ago, and then I was really enjoying it, and I thought, you know, I'd retired from Maranong Park, had a couple of kids, and I saw the money and opportunity. So I've been actually in real estate sales for about five years. it um, have been in the industry for about seven, eight years and um, you know, on the weekend had a good result to to win an award with the company but, and become a partner of Marshall White.
0: Oh, okay, man. Awesome.
1: Which is the Bayside. So and that's, and that's,
0: you've just become a partner then. Yeah. Thank you. So I thought you would have already been a partner. I thought like, um, yeah. because uh, you do so well for yourself.
1: I know. I know. Look, it just um, it took a, took a while and, I've only been there for 18 months, so they've actually got me quick. I was with another company prior to that, Buxton, which are good people, and then went across to Marshall White, to, which is a, an elite group. They really work the money belts in Melbourne, so they'll do Port Phillip, which is South Melbourne, Port Melbourne, all the way up to Park St. Kilda. They've got the Bayside office, Elwood, Brighton, Hampton, Hampton East, Sandringham, Bentley, those areas. Yep. They've got the Turak Amado area. Yeah, and you, got the saw, you saw area. My,
0: um, my, my housemate, his house. One that I currently live in, yeah. Huh? yeah. Good,
1: good footballer too, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He mate. Jordan Duguay, Duguay, Duguay. Always seen it. Every, you know what I love about that guy? Um, I got a vanilla, and Dennis Spanos is a, a mate of mine, and I sold his place. and Jordan, I reckon, seen him there three out <laughs> of four times. No doubt, getting free food.
0: Yeah, we're, we're there every single, every single Say weekend.
1: hello to him. He says hello back. You know, met him at the box in great respect. Mm. And then um, he's a humble kid. With the kids, I said, "Can I get a kid for the photos?" And the guy. You know, gives the kids a photo. And my wife, she goes, oh, he's lovely. So he probably doesn't realize his attitude. The snowball. People people talk about him and they say positive things. I've never
0: seen him reject anyone for a photo. or I've never seen him not give anyone the time of day.
1: So. Yep. Yeah, it'd be scary be. you two boys were uh, living together. Yeah, I know your neighbor, <laughs> Big Michael, so I might yeah. ask him some uh, some stories. He was going to get down to my fight
0: actually last year. He did yeah. He's a good he? Yeah, remember He's a great, he's, his missus just had a baby. Yeah, well.
1: yeah, Fiona. Yep, yep. Yeah. So there you go. Not too many parties. Yeah, uh, you you and Jordan might be babysitters. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. look, we want to get out for the, these 100 bucks, boys. You wouldn't, you wouldn't trust us, I don't
0: think. <laughs> 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 no, nah, but he was pretty wrapped when I said that you were coming on the podcast.
1: That's awesome. I've got to give him a call, actually. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, you could probably get into real estate yourself, mate. You'd yeah, be, uh, uh, mate. I don't know.
0: Do you have to do the uh, auctioneering and all that sort of stuff? I Do
1: the auctioneering. So it's, it's funny because I did a lot of charity auctions at the boxing um, and some of the events. Paul Firefield still won't let us do it at, at Firefield. I said, you know, you can raise some good money for for charities, but it, Paul is very old school. Mm. Bash has said, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm halfway there, but um, that that charity auction is a lot different to house auctions because it's. It's a different level. You're selling someone's biggest asset. You have to read the play. You've got to be ready to negotiate. Um, you're dealing with mixed vendors as emotions. You know, thinking your parents, I always say to someone and go, they're selling the house that they've had for 20, 30 mm. years. Yeah. I think of when they've had their kids and married and memories. So it's a privilege to be chosen to sell people's houses. That's
0: a really good point. It's a really good point because these are such such sentimental oh, things for people as well. And it's things, it's 100%. like their baby, you know. If they've- people
1: work their their, their whole lives sometimes. That's all they've got. And, you know, it was, it was funny, I was, I was 15 minutes late here tonight because I was with a family and I went to sign him up and he'd chosen me over another agent and I could see how stressed out his wife was and she was asking me additional questions, you know, about the campaign and the, and the advertising money and why and why has it gone up and I had to explain that the real estate portals like Domain and realestate.com and all that naturally put up their fees, you know, and, and she's that was, they were emotional. So you, you, you ride that wave with with your vendors. Yeah, yeah. You oh, find it know, rewarding though to be able I'm to. bloody oath, you know, in life, I, I, I like to make anyone happy, but in life, to go that extra mile and work hard and you've made a difference, like 100 grand, fifty hundred grand, 150 grand, quarter of a million. You get five or 10% over market value and people are just thank you because some people work a year for 100, 150, 200 grand and to be able to do, that's what we get. We get paid well, Jakey boy and mate, you gotta, I can't understand some other agents who just sit there and relax. You know, it's if someone's giving you the house to sell. It's bloody privilege. Mm. And yeah, maybe someone emails me tonight, or yeah, you know, I answer the phone 9 nine thirty. Um, someone rings me on a Sunday, or emails me on a Sunday, or contact them back. Yeah, absolutely. So that's good, mate. That's good. You've been
0: out for ten years now.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's it's going uh, it's going well. It's a, cool. as I get older, it's taxing on your body. So I've got try to get myself physically fitter. Taxing on your body? How so? Just the long hours. So um, six days a week. I reckon uh, some, tonight I met you at uh, around 7.15, 7.30 um, when we caught up at 7.15, 7.30. So I've had a full day since about 7.30 today. So just the hours you do because six days a week, every week. Generally on a Friday, I'll do a three quarter day, but six days a week. So hard. how many
0: hours did you work on a standard day during the week?
1: I reckon I do an average on uh, six days. I reckon, I reckon the Monday to Wednesday, especially and Thursday. Sorry, Monday to Thursday. I reckon I do twelve hours a day minimum. Wow. Minimum. So I And up, you're pretty flat out that whole time. Yep. Yeah, and fast paced. You know, eating in the car, eat on my desk. I might do a lunch on a Friday for an hour with clients. How do you keep yourself physically fit? I train five to six days a week. Probably five days a week, on average. Um, I'd really, I don't drink any alcohol, hardly drink any alcohol during the year. So, January period, this Christmas period. And then July period, if I go, away, I went to Bali for 18 days with the family. So, I had a few cocktails. But what I'm trying to do now is keep myself really fit. So, I generally probably would drink once or twice throughout the year wow. to be able to do that. It's a sacrifice of four, five, six years. You know, if I go and have a dinner, I'll sip on a, a glass of red for the night. Um, but yeah, it's diet immune system, heaps of multivitamins, eat well, try to get eight hours sleep at night. I was about to say, do you sleep at any point? Yeah. <laughs> I try to go to bed at 9.30, Jakey, probably when you're, uh, you're getting <laughs> home from one of your dates or something. But, um, I actually, you know, I feel bad for my wife, but it's a commitment for the wife and kids to try to get a better life, but try to get to bed about 9.30 and get up about five, 5.30. Yeah, wow. And you just add it for the whole day. Add it for the, I try to train in the mornings. Mm. Um, that's the main thing I just think it's sort of like meditating so train you get it out you feel good for the day the fitter you are in real estate too, the fitter you are physically and I reckon mentally it's made us a lot better I've seen a step up this year I have really ramped up my training and it's as fit as I've been since my late 20s
0: definitely looking good mate thanks man. I'm trying to good. catch up with your younger <laughs> ones so um oh that's unreal so so you wake up in the morning you do the training, yep. you work 12 hours a day, yep. you get eight hours of sleep. Yep. When you were uh, 23, like me, were you were you
1: this disciplined? <laughs> Bloody not, uh, I wish I was. I was really fit though, but what happened was local footy club culture, you know, partying, you know, you'd go out, you'd have benders, which is just, look, that's life. What I say to to kids uh, in their 20s, you know, good to experience it, but really be smart with who you hang out with. Mm. Um, you know party drugs and all that is always going to be around, but you've really just got to know when to stop and you know We all do it um, or some I hope no one ever does it, but <laughs> it's just a 23 You know stupid thing. I was gonna play footage during the day go out Saturday night. you know I wasn't getting home sometimes till 8 10 12 and midday or going to sleep and um, I wish that yeah, wasn't great. So you get yourself in bad habits mm. So that's uh, good to be, uh, honest about
0: about that sort of stuff, and Frank, because a lot of you know yeah. people in their mid twenties are really struggling to find their way with that sort
1: of stuff. Yeah, and and, and people need it. Yeah, you know, I think we just need more help, and people need mentors. I think back if I was twenty three again, just ask someone, can I have a coffee with you once a month? Have two or three people that you say in 15 years time, I like, I'd love to be like this guy, and I think that's the that's the biggest thing. If I went back in time, having good mentors, guys that weren't drop kicks, guys that were good guys. Because you can still read the play at twenty three, mate, and say, you know what, this guy's a good guy, and say, so, hey, would you mind if I bought buy your lunch? You know, you're gonna spend fifteen dollars. Can I can I just pick your brain for half an hour? I'll lean on you for advice. And that, you know, that's a good, that's something I did in my late 20s, 30. where have steered me in a good direction.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, mate, that's, that's excellent advice. And I'll definitely, I've got your number
0: now. So I'll definitely yeah, but be hit me up, mate. Texting hit you me up because up. Uh, I would love to be doing the, some of the stuff that you're doing in yep. the martial arts industry. Yep. Be in awesome. industry. Always
1: good to have some good young talent come through yeah. <laughs> I have to start getting on the commentary table, maybe a bit of work experience as oh, well. I'd love to. That'd be
0: awesome. Um, Done. And also what, what's, what's next for you in the future then? What? In terms of you know working with the UFC or yep.
1: your real estate, and- yeah, that's funny. I say to Marshall White, um, if I was ever going to leave real estate or never leave for an, um, it would be the UFC. <laughs> but uh, the chances of that happening is very rare. Look, real estate for me is is primary. The great thing about being a commentator in, in media and real estate, there's a little bit, bit of crossover. You do the auctions, you deal with people, you get in front of cameras, social media photos and videos which is great. So I've just got that entertaining part inside of me. Um, but for me, the main thing is being a great husband and wife, a husband to my wife and a great father to my kids. So that by doing that is staying healthy, and well, and working long hours. Uh, and so making an income to try to get them to a private school, have a better life, uh, a little bit better than I grew up with. And, and my parents did a good job, but they did the best they could. You always try to strive to give your kids what you didn't have sometimes growing up. And that's a bit more financial security. So, mate, just that's the goal. Then you know, if I can be a uh, you know, run being a real estate agent, but I just have a passion. Like sometimes they go, "How do you do the two jobs? Yeah, can you sleep? Like you know, instead of sitting at a pub on a Friday night, I'll be commentating every second. No, if it's for Brian Armature at a big time boxing, if it's for the guys at Fight Fit, if it's for so Trenton Hex. you do this very often. Then probably do about twenty twenty five events a year. Okay. You know, so Joe Nader's is a great guy. I haven't done it for a few years. Um, he does power play, one of the best in Melbourne. There's just there's so many good promoters in Melbourne. Mm, unbelievable. You know, it's awesome. Um, I know you're a very busy man, mate. You've got yep.
0: a, clients to attend to tonight. Yep. So I yep. can't keep you too much longer. So yep. If you could, man, just tell us um, where we can find you, what you can expect to see from your social media accounts. That yeah, you're trying perfect. To build and yeah,
1: for sure. Um, at Matt Pilios. So it's M-A-T-T-P-I-L-L-I-O-S. So Dad was born in Melbourne. Great grandparents, mate. Love the uh, the Greek culture. Kudos, Fides. Uh, <laughs> always at Vanilla with your mate Jordan and yourself. Um, and Matthew Pilios at Facebook. What I try to do is I give a lot of property advice, but I do a lot of good stories about. It's all about being authentic. A lot of people's social medias, that sometimes I look at them and go, you can tell they've got a social media um, supplier or, or marketing person. Uh, it's all about being, you know, commentating, emceeing on the on the spot you just you do some, some some stuff it's not being too controlled but really professional and slick i try to be as well and authentic and um, one thing i've got a passion for too is mental health uh, I'm a co-founder and on the board me, of love the you. love me love you foundation you know it's an all about helping people at your age too mate like it's a tough it's tough to open up and set man up and say i'm struggling you know a bit lost in life and it's about making people aware and say this guy's struggling, instead it's teasing him, going, this guy's a loser. So this guy might be in trouble. And you should always say to someone, if, if my family, if my brother, sister, mum, or dad, how would I react? So it's like asking people, are you okay? Um, and it's about, you know, no one ever travels their journey alone. So, you know, that's what I try to preach a little bit to, or educate to people, because we're in a tough world. You know, there's so much social bullying. There's so much pressure in life. You've got to look good. Yeah, you know, social media is is put a standard up of, of a lot of people. So it's a uh, yeah. Um, you can find us a, a real estate agent in Bayside, Port Melbourne, basically all around Melbourne can help anyone. Mm. Here to help anyone with just about anything in life. Yeah,
0: that's awesome, mate. And it's you know it's stuff that transcends just real estate or transcends just fighting or just work. It's yeah. you know having a good personal relationship and definitely we do the similar sort of stuff. that not me, but you know, Bash and Paul, oh, the, they have a really good relationship with everyone. Trainers have a good personal relationship. And yep. it's, it's good to know you've got people in your corner, metaphorically I'm, and
1: actually in your corner. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's an old saying uh, that I wish you know, you're in a relationship game in life. And, and for example, I'm in a relationship game and I sell properties. I'm in the relationship game and I also commentate and MC. say, you've got to have great relationships with people and then just be really good at what you do or try as hard as you can and be focused and everything will just flow easy and just you know just be a good person you give in life too, you'll naturally get back as well
0: mm. matty i thoroughly enjoyed it mate mate thank it's you has been so awesome for taking time great out of your you. busy schedule
1: yeah. um much appreciated great mate. to be here at fight fit with yeah. an ex marby park <laughs> bigger and younger and stronger but uh, <laughs> privilege to be here that, thank you for we'll having have to you.
0: do it again sometime if you get a minute love to mate for sure, sure. You, mate. all right thank you guys see you later thank you